1: them. Yeah.
2: We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and their multiple birth parents of children with disabilities. And this week's
3: episode is with the Victorian of the Year! <laughs> this podcast contains truth, laughter and lots of F-words, <laughs> which is fine! Yes! <laughs> but maybe you don't want your kids to hear, so... Yep you can pull back on it you know my kids they're they're fine with that yeah yeah so it's all it's up to you and your parenting style <laughs> hi mandy hello kate Uh, oh, we're still we're out of lockdown but i still feel weird yep I don't know when that's going to end. Sorry for the rest of Australia, but it just yep. feels weird.
2: It's weird. It's a weird time. It is. It's just last Saturday I couldn't I couldn't move no. all day. I just stayed on the couch and I just thought I should be out doing things. And
3: No, I haven't got the zest. The no. zest hasn't come
2: back. The zest. <laughs> it's, no it's a zest. good word. <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, we're okay. We're here. Yeah, yeah, we're all right.
2: Yep. We're the right. kids have gone to school three days in a row because oh. I haven't had, excuse my French so early in, fucking... Cup day holiday, grand final day holiday, curriculum day. We've gone back to school for two weeks and we've had fucking three days off.
3: I'm sorry, this week, three days in a row, all three of them are gone. I feel like a new woman. I feel like cup day should have been saved and given to us next year, like. Ah. because we couldn't do anything. We couldn't well, go anywhere. also the grand final, that was just stupid. And the grand final wasn't, I know. Anyway, but anyway. all it meant was them home again. I know, they were just home. <laughs> We've been home for eight months. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough about us. Enough about us. Today we are excited. We told you this was happening, peas. So the Well, for me, the best thing that happened from Australian of the Year was that we got to meet the actual Victorian of
2: the Year and find out she's a (laughs) pea. She is a pea. So welcome. Introduce yourself.
4: Thank you so much, guys. So I'm Donna Stolzenberg. And uh, yes, I am the current 2021 Victorian of the Year.
2: Yay! (laughs) You... were so well deserved and oh. we were so proud of you that night when they announced it. We were going for you. We
4: were. We were. Yep. <laughs> we Thank all had you. our people. I- I I was the same. I was going for you guys as well. I was saying to my husband, I hope these two win. Like, you know, of all the people, these guys are going to win. I think everyone was deserving, but yeah. because of what you do and I have a child with a disability, um, you know, that that really resonated with me so I could really identify with your work and, and obviously the podcast. So mm. I was so happy that, that you were also finalists.
3: And we really, not secretly, wanted a woman to win.
4: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Well, look at the history. I think it's something. Just a guess, I think it's something like fifteen men and six women, or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's terrible the history of of, uh, of Australian of the Year. Anyway, yeah, so. yeah. Oh well, we're I'm going to be cheering for you on the twenty. Yeah, of that's January. right. That's right. <laughs> you. Yes. At least you get to go to Canberra. Hopefully, well, hopefully,
3: yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully everything should be open. I mean, Victoria's doing quite well, so. We just won't say yeah. anything, though. We no, can't. Don't we're just so terrified it. of putting the mozz on oh, ourselves. We no. <laughs> <laughs>
4: won't say anything. You know, it might be by another Zoom that cuts no. out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've already had <laughs> a, we a, a
2: personal through. debrief about that, the three of us. We but have, anyway, we, have. we could
4: do a
3: podcast episode about that. Oh, we could maybe in three or four years. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Watch
2: <laughs> Donna's
5: white and <laughs> she's out. <laughs> we will tell
3: you what. <laughs> tell the Zooms how we really like. feel. I think if you watched it, you knew anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, all right, I've got our first question for you, which is do you have a song or a band or music that either pumps you up or
4: gets you through the bad times? Look, I um, I listen to absolutely anything, and it doesn't matter what I'm listening to as long as it's loud. I'm yeah. one of these people that likes my music louder than my teenagers do. Yeah. So I'm the one that gets told to turn it down and <laughs> put the headphones on, and um, you know I have pretty much blown out my own eardrums. But you know anything from from sad songs like current uh, or indie rock. I mean, I'm a huge fan. Fifty two, so I'm a huge fan of uh, like the Bee Gees. You know, I grew up. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, old, old bands like Smokey and, um, oh, you know, all the 70s stuff that I grew up uh, listening yeah. to, to. My mum and dad were huge fans of John Denver. So, yeah, and, like, oh, Rocky Mountain High yeah. All of those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I actually went to the Rocky Mountains in honor of my dad because
5: oh. he loved that
4: song so much. So, after he passed away, I traveled there. Oh, oh Oh and I bought goodness. a rock home for my mum. So oh, I got
3: to go. <laughs>
2: yeah,
5: just so different there. mountains over there. I've aren't been there
2: they? too. Oh. It is. It's a different
3: landscape.
2: It sounds obvious thing
3: to say, but it's beautiful. Well, Australia yeah. has hills. We call them mountains, and they're yeah. mountains to us. Yeah. But I remember when my. My aunt actually was from Colorado and she came and she saw the mountains. So I grew up in the Arrow Valley, so she saw the mountains near Warburton and she goes, they are lovely foothills. Is there fog in front of the mountains? (laughs) Where are your actual
0: mountains? That's (laughs) our
3: mountains. (laughs) We're
2: really proud of it. (laughs) Mount donnie Buang. (laughs) Oh.
3: Anyway, we digress. Of course, that's what we okay. Do.
2: What about?
4: Did you win any awards at school? And then you can talk about this award a bit later. Yeah, I I won two things at school. One was not an award. It was I got third prize in the Easter raffle. So oh I yeah, ah, right. That's a good one. Um, I had to wait till I was at uni to win that one though. But it was nice. I finally won something in an <laughs> educational institution. So I proud of myself there. Uh, But I I used to win actually a lot of uh, math awards. I was very good at maths at school. So I I won some state maths awards and also I can't remember what the award was called, but there was a a state English award for poetry and I won that one year. I was in year eight, I think, when I won that one. Oh,
3: yeah. um, I remember those awards that you used to be able to do. Yeah, I never won any. No. But I was aware of them.
5: Ah, yeah. yeah. Do you still write
4: poetry? Uh, I don't write poetry as much, but I, I write. Um, I write a lot, so mm. I write for the for the charity. I write the stories of the women mm. that uh, that we're supporting, and so I, I always do a lot of writing. But I don't actually write much poetry anymore mm. um, now. Yeah, it was mm. something I loved when I was a teenager. you know, Very emotive and very yes. emo. <laughs> <It was> like- <laughs> Surely you yeah. can write anyway.
2: one about the Zoom Australian of the Year. I, <laughs> <you know, laughs> I press play on the Zoom, and then it cut
4: out. <laughs> yeah. Play on the Zoom. It went black in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very good at rhyming. Well, rhyming I
3: think it's begging to be written. Yeah, maybe you can <laughs> write like an indie rap. No, write it as a rap. Yeah, I'll turn it into a musical. The haiku. The like <laughs> yeah. strain of the year. The musical. <laughs> <laughs> well. Look, I, nothing's <laughs> impossible. That's all I'll say. <laughs> no, it needs to be done. It does need <laughs> oh, to be done. Goodness. Oh, dear. Okay.
4: And why are you a P? I am a P because I have uh, two children. who I have five sons, first yep. of all. And I have two children who are on the autism spectrum. Uh, my, uh, my 14-year-old son has high-functioning autism and my 12-year-old son has, um, I can never remember which way the levels go. You'd think I would remember. Um, my little guy has autism that he's quite severely impacted mm, by. So the levels and- go
3: up. So like level, yeah. one is high function. We don't, I don't uh, know. So People he's level, like
4: three. High level but three. Level three, yeah. 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 yeah, he's level three. And yeah. he also has uh, an intellectual disability as well. And we have some amazing times with him. Uh, it's So we also have some very difficult times. It's not easy to fight for the rights of your child. The services are not always there. You have to advocate for things that they really should be entitled to as a given. Yeah. And you kind of get you know you get fatigue you really yeah, get yeah. fatigue and you've got to write some. oh can you put that in writing can oh, you put yes. that in writing oh you know he's going into high school next year we need to do all of his tests yes. again oh, oh he still has autism he still has an intellectual disability yeah. you know but they make you jump through hoops that you don't have any energy to jump through because you're caring for a child with a disability yes
2: oh, so true yeah, yeah. hooray so True.
3: Yes. yes yeah and there's
4: no support offered they don't no, jump through any not. no one's going to jump through a hoop for you no, no that they aren't, and they don't understand the extra work they put you through, especially when they lose documents. Oh, oh. look, we can't find it on file. Could you write it out again? No. Could you get no. your psychologist to sign it again? Oh, well, no. you'll have to, or you won't get in the IS. Oh. No. I know, and, then and you're uh, like, right, you know.
3: Well, my psychologist is her daughter's just had a baby, so she's taken two weeks off. <laughs>
5: and
4: you're like, no, not now. Mm. And then you're
3: yep. feeling really bad. She's like, well, I've got their number that they said I could call in emergencies. <sighs>
5: like, oh, yeah, it just puts you then, in this position of guilt. constantly so much guilt. Yeah, so and begging people to do things yeah Yeah.
2: so are
4: these two guys your youngest out of your five they are Mm -hmm. yeah they're my youngest um my my youngest child was diagnosed first Uh, I worked with children with autism for about six years I worked with children on the spectrum when I was studying psychology at Murdoch University in Western Australia Ah. and so I recognized autism and I recognise it in young children, but I didn't see the higher functioning. Yeah. And I, I, I get that people are going to be upset with some terminology that I use, but yeah. these are terms that that in my family we're used to. So no, no I apologise yes, in advance. But yeah. um, the especially when I have two children who are so different yeah. with their yes. autism I as well. That. Yeah.
5: Yep. So, mm-hmm
4: what used to be called Asperger's syndrome. Um, That's what my 14 year old has or had, it was reclassified. And he was actually diagnosed after his younger brother was diagnosed Mm. because when Jay, my youngest was diagnosed, I then started to look at my other son and go, oh, hang on a second. I see some similarities here. And I didn't realise that I was walking on eggshells to stop the meltdowns and automatically little things like I was making sure the plate went in the right spot and making sure it's the right coloured plate and making sure that you know he had the certain cup and and everything there was that routine and I didn't realise that I had gradually put this routine in place yeah and that if that routine was broken well he he didn't cope very well yeah so yeah so my youngest was diagnosed first uh he was very obviously On the autism spectrum. I picked it up when he was 14 months old. It was so obvious. We had the regression, first of all. So at that age, he had about five or six words, but then he lost all of his words. He lost his eye contact, no more pointing, no engagement whatsoever. He'd walk around the house just banging his head on the walls and repeating over and over just one sound. Mm. And we knew, and he was my fifth son. So I. And I was a foster parent as well for a few years, so I had other children to compare him to, nieces and nephews, so I could see the difference. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, that this little guy needed some extra help, and mm. we uh, we went and I'm probably just going off on the whole story now. That's no, good. Go, go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what it is. <laughs> we uh, we went and saw. He was under the care of a neonatologist since he was born because he was born prematurely and he was oh. IUGR, yeah. which means yeah. um, and how many weeks dates.
3: prem was he born?
4: Five weeks, but right. he was the size of a thirty-two week of you yeah. growing yep. at thirty-two uh, weeks. Yep. So yep. he was seeing a neonatologist and it was our last appointment at the 18-month mark and at that stage I knew 100% that yep. that he had autism but I didn't want to preempt it with the neonatologist and have him think that I was mummy Google, you yeah. know, that I was just looking these things up. So yeah. all I said to him is, look, I think that Jay's got some, you know, I think he's a little bit delayed here, you know, it's my fifth son. I'm seeing him doing some things I've never seen other kids do before but also not doing what I think he should be doing. So he did a check and he said right then and there he said he's tracking for about nine months of age Hmm. and he was 18 months he said we need to get him to a developmental pediatrician yeah and we need to do it straight away so he actually got me an appointment the next day he rang himself and got me an appointment the very next day and we saw the pediatrician and his autism was that severe and the regression was that fast that she actually said to us that day she said the best news for you today is that your child has autism because if he doesn't what he does have will end up in the demise of this child he wow. will die a okay,
2: degenerative so, yeah,
4: yeah she said it's a degenerative brain condition because he's losing so fast she said oh. his rate of regression is so fast that it's either um, what they call severe autism or it's something that you need to prepare yourself for so
3: how did you feel
4: uh i look in a way i felt instantly like i needed to protect my husband like you know oh gosh he's sitting here how's he going to take it because in my heart i knew it was autism because i'd seen it i'd worked with it Mm. i i had seen children regress i had seen children so very much like my son that i wasn't that concerned uh, that it was a degenerative condition in the back of my mind i was i'm like oh, i didn't think of that you know we probably yeah. need to consider that yes. but they got him in for an mri the next morning that's how right. concerned they were they were straight to the children's hospital mm. for an mri and the results came back straight away and they said look you know he's he's fine he's um there are some areas of his brain that are underdeveloped but there's no uh nothing degenerative happening there it's like he's okay what you're dealing with is um they call it it's a garden variety autism but he is quite severe so he needs a lot of help mm. and uh, that was all done and dusted by the time he was 18 months old so oh, yeah wow. diagnosed you had very young three big mm. days yeah very very big days Yeah. Oh. and what and, did that uh, mean then what was the next steps for you so for me, I knew the importance of early intervention and I knew that if we didn't get on to this quickly, that we were going to be wasting days. Now, as I say that, I'm very aware that uh, a, a lot of parents will experience a high level of stress if they can't get their children into therapy straight mm-hmm. away or can't yes. get things straight away. And I don't want to cause that. I don't want to cause that anxiety in people. It, it isn't a case of, well, look, if your kid's not in therapy this week, that's it. They're doomed. They're never yeah, going to do it's good to remember this. that. Yeah. It, ex- exactly. You know, it really is a case of, you know, go home, get used to the idea, speak to some people. Uh, and then start making some phone calls but I guess because I knew uh, the I knew what treatments were needed I knew what was out I knew what used to be out there when I worked in that area and the thing for me was I I automatically knew that I did not want to be his therapist I wanted to be his mum so as much as I had done uh, a lot of therapy, a lot of early intervention with children. I used to do uh, ABA. I was an ABA therapist, applied behavioural analysis therapist. Yeah. And I had done a lot of that years before. I knew that that therapy wasn't going to be suitable for my son. Yeah. And I also knew that whatever we did do, I didn't want to be the one doing it. Yeah. I wanted to be his mother, not That's his therapist. That's really it's, amazing. It's yep. really yep. profound.
3: Yep. So, a, each to their own because, you know, Mandy and I know people who w- went completely the other way and have... Yep you know, renovated their house and got rid of rooms. So their therapy rooms and, but I, um I really, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I appreciate you <laughs> saying I that. really get it. I think it's, and it's nice to just be someone's mum. Yeah. That's what we wanted.
4: Exactly. And I, I had worked with so many families where I was the therapist and mm. I saw how much that eased the burden yes. of the parents. And it was, back then it was a case of affordability and look, yeah. it largely still is. Yeah. So you're talking many, many years ago and the only parents that, the only families that got therapy were those who had money yeah. Yeah. and which was absolutely horrifying. It was terrible, but that's yeah. just the way it was. Yeah. And for every hour that I worked with a child, I could see their relief and they'd ask yeah. me, look, can you do two more hours this week? Can can we book you for three more hours this week? I'm just, and the parents would be so exhausted that for me to be able to do that therapy and for them to get that break and just do the parenting parenting's not easy it's anyway. hard enough it's exactly <sighs> it's hard enough you still got to do all the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and the yep. bedtime and uh, changing the nappies and all that sort of stuff yeah that's picnic. right
5: yep Picking so, up the dog you know, poo and like there's ah, all sorts of things
2: n- yeah. exactly <sighs> it's, it's, everything exactly. else exactly and Pain then all the therapy yep. which i yep. didn't do for a year massive fines <laughs>
5: <laughs> You know, anyway but that yeah, was an old right. story it's,
2: it's, it's yeah. all that on yes. top of this that's why my brain was absolutely chock block full yeah
4: yeah. It, yeah it is and and i knew what i could be in for if i didn't delegate some of this to somebody else yeah, yeah. So, and I also knew that the therapy that I was doing wasn't going to be suitable for Jay because he was too little he was 18 months old yes and, yeah. um, I know that people have their opinions about ABA and I, I'm not going to get into that but no. uh he was too little to do tabletop therapy he yep. was 18 months old I couldn't expect him to, to no. sit there and, and do that so I looked around for something else and we found uh, another therapy that was great for him With the early intervention, who was that? How did you – was it a group of people?
2: Was it one person?
4: Yep. So what we found was a model called the Early Start Denver model, which I believe is now quite – It's around a lot of different Melbourne places are doing it at the moment. But we were one of the pilot projects. So this project, this program, ESDM it's called, came out of the the Mind Institute at UC Davis in California. And it was formulated, oh gosh, it would be at least about 30 years ago by a professor named Sally Rogers. And it's a play-based therapy. And so it's for children on the autism spectrum who uh, the child leads the therapy. And then the therapist works within whatever it is that the child is actually wanting to do or mm, play oh, with. It or, sounds beautiful, or, mm. and it, it was fantastic. And we were so lucky that uh, Jay got a place at. Um, it was. It's called the. Um, uh, the uh ourselves it was the autism specific early learning center at La Trobe University. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's a childcare center and they've got two rooms dedicated to children on the spectrum and all the Allied Health are there. And the therapy is like from the time your child's there to the time they leave, they're they're working with them and mm. oh that and, sounds awesome. And there, there are cameras everywhere. So they're watching and they're watching the changes and um so many doctors and therapists and and professors are involved in Mm. this therapy so they're watching everything they're doing they're tracking everything and Jay went there for uh, about four years I think it was and he started two days after his second birthday and the reason he didn't start any sooner was because it wasn't open they opened two days after his second birthday (laughs) i literally the night that he was diagnosed i'm not kidding i sat up till three o'clock in the morning yeah. and i googled and i sent emails and and i heard about this place that was opening up at the Trobe uni and i sent emails to everyone i'm pretty sure I even emailed the builder specific entry? when is this place finishing who do i need to speak yeah. to and, um, I emailed everyone and these people would have woken up to these strange emails from this woman. I don't know what they thought but I did get in touch with the right person and yep. I had a chat to her and uh, Jay was accepted into the program and uh, he, he thrived there. He absolutely thrived and I'm so, so grateful that he got to yes. spend uh, spend all that time there before he went to um, to school. What a relief to oh, find yeah. a place that was suitable. And I you know someone else him. who went through there right. and just
3: uh, so sad when they had to leave. <laughs>
4: yeah i wanted to take the entire crew with us yeah um, to to his school you know that was school scary how did you choose school how did you where did you look so we asked the um so jay had allied health had private allied health the whole way through so we still had our own psychologists and and occupational therapists and and um, speech pathologists and we asked the psychologists because she was very well versed in all of the schools. We knew that she worked in the schools and we checked a lot of different schools. And what we knew with Jay was that we didn't want to send him to an autism school. I know that sounds a little bit like, well, why wouldn't you? But he'd had all of this amazing early intervention and what we found was that he was connecting with adults and not children because the children that were there all were on the spectrum and yeah. largely weren't connecting with each other. Mm. So we needed him to be around children who didn't have autism, mm. who would initiate play with him, and who who he could play with if he was initiating play so he chose a special school and so he goes to Jackson special school in St Albans mm. and it's absolutely wonderful he's been there since prep he's in grade six now right? and he's thriving there he's he's now uh, he's 12 now and he's uh he's verbal now so he does speak yep. which is just fantastic yes. and he's got the most amazing sense of humor yes. and um <laughs> It's just you know he's he's incredible he's he's not fully conversant in that you you can't have a conversation with him like a reciprocal conversation. Mm, yep. uh, if I say to him you know Jay how are you, I won't get an answer back. But if I prompt him, yep. then I'll get good thanks. Yeah, uh, but uh, he, with conversation, he will come up and just say something that he knows is hilarious. Like. Um, <laughs> They have assemblies, say, uh, assemblies in the hall and they don't have assemblies in the staff room. But he'll come up and look at me and go, assemblies are in the staff room. (laughs) You're joking. And he'll laugh his head off and think it's hilarious. (laughs) Like, I got her again. Every time I tell her that, she falls it. yeah so, oh, yeah
2: <laughs> I remember when I was looking at the special school for my daughter and I saw all sorts of disabilities so children mm. yeah, yeah, with all, yeah, yeah with a range of disabilities and I thought this is fantastic it's it's not one particular specific, specific yeah. disability so I understand yeah. that too from my
4: own yeah you know yeah yeah it's that diversity I yeah. want him to experience diversity in a with safe all place yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and in his first year he had, he made friends with two little boys, and they both had Down syndrome, and they both had the same name. It was it was just gorgeous, and he loved them both. Yeah. And yeah. They went to they went through the first couple of years of schooling with him, and um, yeah, he um, he started to make friends, and and he talks about some of his friends as well um, now, so we know some of their names, and he can yeah. tell me who he sat next to, and yeah, yep. it was, and that's what we want. That's what we want. Friendship. Exactly, exactly. On the, the school Christmas party, the very first one we went to, it was I was just a barrel of tears because yeah, I'm course. sitting there watching him I and know. he's doing his school song oh. but he kept looking at the little boy next to him and smiling at him and grabbing his hand oh. and I'm just like, this never happens. Oh, you just, yeah. You know, he's, he's smiling because he's so happy and he's yes. grabbing his friend's hand. And smiling at him, and these were things we worked for four years to get him. Yes. do. he was just doing them, um, just you know, naturally for one yeah. of the better time. But he just started doing them, and it was yeah, it, he's he's blossomed there. It's been absolutely fantastic. Oh. To see. My
2: most favourite thing was the production at our special school. I just think no other schools, <laughs> they don't even, nothing's <laughs> as good as those. What do you think?
4: Look, I I um I have to be really, really honest here. And and people are probably gonna go, oh, how could you, how dare you? <laughs> but Jay's my fifth son, so I'm a little bit over the whole. <laughs>
3: No, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Like I'm a bit over the whole school concert thing, to be honest. Yeah. And um, having, but look, it was beautiful production and everything was fantastic and the children were so cute and it was great and I was a barrel of tears. And, uh, but you know, I'm going to be totally honest on this podcast. It was like, oh, another school concert. (laughs) (laughs) Great, <laughs> and at that stage, like I've had for many, well, a few times. i three kids in three different schools. Yes, of the age difference, uh, you know, one's at high school, one's at private school, one's at special school. So yes. I'm running around to three different schools. So yes, it, it's not that easy. No, no <laughs> that is my story so, too. But yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a fantastic show, and you know, the teachers and parents at Jackson School are probably going to be not you know be quite upset with me. At no, the time. no, so, you know, they it, get it. Was, it. Of it course. was wonderful. It was wonderful, but oh my goodness, he's my fifth child. It's like, oh, I know. Full concert. It's the same with Book Week. Why? Oh, oh we haven't had it yet. I've seen week. all the other schools oh. do it. And I'm
5: like,
2: don't put it in.
3: Please. That's the best oh. thing about being in high school.
2: Oh no, no more Isn't Book Week.
3: More dress ups. And no also, more. football oh. players are not Book Week. That's all I want to yeah. say. Yeah, but for some kids, that's <laughs> <laughs> just don't do it then if it's such a hassle. Yeah. Don't make kids dress
2: up.
4: Yeah, it's too yeah, hard. It's for too some hard. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, exactly, exactly. And oh. book week and uh, Christmas concerts were a little bit, my, tell yeah, us. I'm like, yeah,
2: I get it. I tell I really us a little bit
4: it. about being a foster carer, too. I'm fascinated by this. Mm. yeah, so I grew up with um foster children in my home. Oh. So my mum and dad were foster parents, and uh, I got to have foster brothers and sisters and and I saw the outcomes of of the children when they grew up. um and, I I kind of knew that there was a lack of foster carers and um, that, you know, they were desperately needed and uh, I... I, my husband and I had, I think at that stage, we had three kids when we first started fostering. I felt pregnant with my fourth, that's right, just when I was doing the training for fostering. Oh, yeah. And um, we had, um, I remember we had these two little boys come in and stay with us and uh, they were absolutely gorgeous. They were nine and five uh, at the time and they were with us right through the pregnancy um, with my fourth son and they came to the hospital after he was born and they were in the house with us when he came home and um, so we had quite a few children come through I actually had twins as well Um, so I was a a mum of twins as well I had foster twins in and they came to me when they were six weeks old but they were six weeks Cremie. Right. They oh, were so brand so new. They were brand new babies. Yeah. And they arrived with half an hour's notice. Oh, so I got Donna. A phone call, Desperate phone call going, Can you have twins? And I'm like, What? You know, like physically. And they went, No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> can you take some twins right now? Wow. So, and then I said, Yeah, bring them in. And they said, Will they fit in your car? And I went, Oh, I didn't think of that. And I'm like, No, we can get a seat at the back. That's fine. We'll get that done tomorrow. Yeah. So oh, half my an hour gosh. Later, I had these two baby boys dropped off. And they arrived, I kid you not, with two bottles, yep. one each yep. and enough formula for one Yeah. and for one twin and two matinee jackets. I didn't have any, no nappies. I had no clothes. I had oh nothing Oh, my gosh. For them. So I sent my husband straight down to the shop, like, we need some formula. We need some nappies. We need some wipes. But because I had so many boys... I had, yeah. clothes, he had all the clothes. <laughs> yeah, had all the clothes. I had all the clothes. And my um, my fourth son at that stage was uh, he was only eighteen months old. So he uh, he we still had his baby his, clothes, uh, his cot, and his baby clothes, and his little cradle and things like that. So these little guys came home and I had no history on them at oh, all. Oh my were goodness! Just given to me, and I didn't even know that they were prem. They told me they were six weeks old, and I looked at them and I said, "These babies were early, weren't they?" I went. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Six weeks early. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, so they were newborn, newborn. They were newborn, newborn. Yeah, oh. and I didn't. I had no history on them. Their health. I knew their names. That was all. And they were boys. That was oh my name. gosh. And, and that's the nature of fostering, is like yes. you're ready for a
5: surprise. Yes. <laughs> um,
4: and we got lots of surprises. Uh, we had the best time fostering. It was an amazing, amazing experience. I love to myth bust about fostering. Everyone says to me, Look, I would love to do it, but I could never give them back, which is actually very insulting to say to a foster parent ah. because you're, you're assuming that I wouldn't like wouldn't love these children as much as you do because i could give them back ah, and of course you make it a, and you make it about yourself yeah, yeah. Oh, i'd love to but i could you know what it's like with having a child with a disability i can yeah. do what yes, you do. yeah yeah we like do. well i didn't sign up for it yep. but i'm i'm doing it okay I'm, I'm not a martyr i'm not a hero yep yep but with fostering it's it's the analogy that i use it's like say if your brother or sister I had a car accident and they were in a coma and then and someone said look you're gonna to have to look after their children for them while they're in a coma and you your brother or sister was in a coma for six months and the whole time the kids are like where's mommy where's daddy yeah. I want to go home I want to go home I want to go home and then your brother wakes up and says oh look you know Mandy I'm, I'm feeling so much better now I'm, I'm gonna take the kids back could you look at him and go? sorry, I've going to attach them. You can't have them. Yes, just, No, that's a great analogy. It's an excellent yeah. analogy. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't give them up. I'm sorry. I can't give them up so you can't have them. Even though they want to go home with you, yeah. even though they love you, oh, no, sorry, I'm attached to them. I want to keep them.
5: <laughs> wow. And
4: you, wow. You, yeah. You, you wouldn't do that to people. It's very much like you... You do fall in love with your foster children. You adore them. It's very much like a niece and nephew relationship. Yeah, okay. yes, I understand. Yep. You know, I've got lots of nieces and nephews. They've come and stayed with me for holidays, and I used to babysit them when they were little. But I didn't cry every time I had to hand them back to their mum. Yes. yes, Um, got it. You know, I loved them, and I and I had nieces and nephews who lived on the other side of the country. where my brother and my sister and brother-in-law would move because of their job, I didn't. I wasn't in a barrel of tears at the end of the driveway screaming for them to come back it was yeah like, you know <laughs> it's like realistically you love them you do the best you can and then they move on and yeah when you get your foster child the the whole idea is reunification yes that's, that's right. what you're going for yes and you know that from the start and very few children are in the system because they're being abused there's a big myth there oh I couldn't send them back to their terrible parents yeah like, most of these parents are absolutely amazing they're just not coping that's right. yeah they need supports in place exactly. they need to get the mum or dad support and then and they love their children and they're doing the best they can but at the moment the family needs extra support so yes. that's where yeah. you come in yes and these children love their mum and they love their dad and they want the visits and they want yes. to go home yes they yeah. Do. Yeah. So, you know you do the best you can and you look after them um while you've got them with you and the you know at the start as soon as they leave there's a car in your driveway dropping off a couple more
5: don't you worry <laughs> so, <laughs>
4: You don't get much, you don't get much, you know, time to cry about it, you know, and that, that might be twins at a premie in six weeks. Yeah, that's right. right What a woman. So, yeah. So, um, we had to stop fostering when I actually fell pregnant with Jay, with my youngest, because I got very sick, um, and by 14 weeks, uh, pregnant with him and, uh, he was a twin and we lost that one very, very early on. Yeah. And, um, I was also 40 at that time as well. I had had gestational diabetes with my fourth son. I had been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and this was a very precarious pregnancy and I had to unfortunately give up uh, fostering with the full intention that we were going to start fostering again when the baby was, you know, one or two years of Mm. age. But of course... Uh, Jay was born very very unwell and uh, he was he was quite a sick little guy he had uh, his digestive system was very immature as well his his bones hadn't grown properly Mm. Um, so his long bones were very very short and he needed a lot of support Mm. and then by the time he was two of course he was in full-time therapy and we just couldn't we couldn't take on foster children because it wouldn't have been fair on the child because we couldn't give them all of that attention that they deserve so um that's absolutely
2: okay and it was time yep and someone else can do it now that's right exactly Yeah. yeah exactly
4: Tell us when you started your first charity. <laughs> so my first charity started by accident. The whole thing started by accident. Yeah. I will say like I'm an accidental charity lady. <laughs> uh I kind of woke up and started a charity. I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but literally what happened. uh, I was working for a very large government department and being an Indigenous person, I was working with all of our um, Indigenous employees and we had all gone to Sydney for a conference and brought all the employees in. And back then I used to have this, funny thing called time. It's, yeah. it's you know, <laughs> one of those things that, you know, it seems like a myth now. And I wonder, did I ever really have it? Was it really there? But yeah. I did have some apparently. And I used to go for a run every morning. So I'd get up in the morning and go for a jog. And while I was at this conference, I was like, oh, i get up in the morning and go for a run. Anyway, I was running around Darling Harbour and I came around a corner and I saw what I initially thought was a dead body on mm. a park bench because it was, freezing freezing cold it was too cold to be alive out there mm. and this guy was dressed in just a pair of jeans and a very thin windshield and nothing else and he had his back to me and he looked like he'd frozen to death mm. and all I wanted to do I realized that he okay he's breathing i was stunned I just stood there staring at him mm. and yeah I thought oh you know I could wake him up and just give him the keys to my hotel and like I'm staying, staying over here go and have a hot shower I'll meet you in the foyer and then I thought he's sleeping and it's freezing and he must be tired yeah. and if I wake him up, he's going to know that he's cold. At the mm. moment he doesn't know, he's sleeping through it and he might not want to shower and he mm, might yeah. not want to take me up on that offer and then yep. he could have been awake for three or four days and finally fell asleep with yes. exhaustion. So I stood there looking at him and I ran off and I never forgot it and I just felt so bad that I could not help him. I didn't know what to do. Yes. And I came back to Melbourne and um, I had been working for uh, probably about 10 years, I think at that point, working with people with complex barriers to employment. So I was working for Centrelink for a long time right. and I worked with long-term unemployed people. So I'd already started a face, uh, sorry, a page on Facebook called the Melbourne Homeless Support Group for people experiencing homelessness, funny enough. Yep. <laughs> and I'd started that 12 months earlier. So I, what I did was I went onto that uh, that page and I said, look, you know, this is what happened. I want to collect some blankets and sleeping bags for people in Melbourne, Um, any organisations that they're in need of them. I don't want to collect them if no one needs them. Anyway, two organisations put their hand up and they said we'd love them. So because I'm a bit of a talker and a little bit wordy, I started this page up and I'm like, okay, Blanket Melbourne, I want all these blankets for people on the street. And in eight weeks, I got three and a half thousand blankets. And it was like, oh my goodness, I just covered, I blanketed Melbourne in all these blankets. And wow. in that time, I learned that blankets are not good because blankets are meant for bedding inside. Imagine carrying a blanket around with yeah, you every day versus a sleeping bag. Yeah. Yes. And you can't, roll, they're not waterproof. They blow off, you know, they, they blow away. Yeah. A sleeping bag's much better. And while I was delivering these blankets and sleeping bags one night outside of Flinders Street Station, there was a woman there and she was sitting on the ground and she said to me, look, she said, have you got any tampons? Or like mm. a pad or something and I was like I don't but she goes I've got my period um she goes I can't move like mm. she's sitting on the ground she's bleeding and I said look I'll go get you some what do you want so she told me what she wanted and I went across the road to one of the little woolly stores or something yep. got her what she wanted and I handed it to her she burst into tears like sobbing Aww. and she said to me she said I've just been released from prison like mm. yesterday I have a, a visit tomorrow with my children they're in foster care
5: mm-hmm. and
4: if I steal I will go back into remand overnight if I, yes. do and I won't see my children and I just thought oh my goodness what is going on here this poor woman we're forcing her to steal tampons because she's got no money she's got no other way of getting them either she steals them or she steals money to buy them, or she asks a stranger, or she just bleeds on the street. Uh, None of those options are appropriate. No. So I had a look around, and I thought I asked if anyone was doing anything. I checked with a few places. Are there program? Are there support programs for menstruation for women experiencing homelessness hardship? No, nothing. So I started the Melbourne Period Project. Now I'd had all the support from the people who donated all the blankets. Yep. So I went to them and I said, look, I've got this other idea I want to start, Melbourne Period Project. Would you mind being a drop-off point? Everyone said yes. Next day I woke up to no less than 400 messages from oh, people from organisations. People organizations. Are good, you know. Yes. People are amazing. They yep. are absolutely amazing. And that's how the Melbourne Period Project was born. And uh, about probably three or four weeks after that, I had to make a very, very big decision. And that was, do I quit my job or quit my charity? Because my employer had found out about the charity and were not happy with it. Right. And they said to me that it was a conflict of yes. interest, which was hilarious, given that part of my extra hack Role at work was that I looked after all of the charitable organizations within <laughs> this. You know, so if you were donating your old phone or some toys or whatever, I was the one that rang up, you know, this particular charity. Hey, the bin's full, do you want to come and pick it up? You anyway, had six charities that they supported, but I had my own and they didn't like it, even though wow. I didn't I did not do charitable work while I was at my place of yeah, work. Yeah, of
3: course not. It happens no, after hours to, all the time.
4: Of course. Or it was in my lunch break. Yeah. And I, I know. you know, I wasn't about to um, break any rules there. But they didn't like it and they said you need to choose between the charity or your job. And I thought, back to that woman. And I thought, how could I tell the next one? Yeah, sorry, I'm not allowed to do charity work. You'll, uh, have You'll just have to, yeah, I can't help you. So I quit that day. I just handed my resignation in and they let me go that afternoon. So wow, I was out uh, of there. What power. The a big shock. And I just thought, well, I, you know, I'm a raging hippie and I believe that the universe is sending me in the direction I need to go. And this is what I was meant to do. So um, I just went head first into the charity and then I started to realise like uh, the children of the people we were supporting weren't getting any support. So I started Mm. the school project to make sure that the kids could not only get what they needed for school, but that they could also go to school camp and school swimming lessons and You know, my foster kids didn't even have so much as a hat at school. They had to play in the shade all the time. They never went to school camp. They never went to swimming lessons. So now we support the children to have all those experiences because those experiences are what creates their memories. That's right. Adults. Childhood memories. Absolutely. Childhood memories. If you grow up and you're a 26-year-old and you've not got one happy memory of being a kid, then you're on a very sad pathway. And I felt that we had a chance to create some positive memories for these children. Oh. And you know, you remember going on school camp. You remember the bus ride and you sing yeah, songs. Yeah. you know, you talk about who threw up on the bus and who wet the bed and yeah, you know, ghost stories and who snuck up to the kitchen and got the weed an to put the fire out.
2: That's yeah, a <laughs> the, they said all the girls go inside and then all the boys put the fire out. <laughs>
5: Yeah.
2: <laughs> earth baby, I remember. <laughs> See,
4: that's funny. Honey. Yeah, exactly. everyone deserves you know, that. Yeah, Those memories that, that we create for the kids, you know, that's what they talk about when they're older. And I wanted these children to have some memories uh, like the other kids. Swimming lessons, if you don't go, you're, the, you're shunted to the next classroom or you go along and you sit on the bleachers and watch them. Yeah, it and, you know, that's
5: nah,
4: terrible. So we provide... The, with a swimming pet we provide their bathers or swimwear and their goggles and their towel and and their their bag, and um, we for camp we provide everything: the gumboots, the torch, the pajamas, the sleeping bag, the shampoo, everything. So the child can go in school camp and enjoy it. Um, there really that, is like no such
3: thing, thing as free education, is there? No, we're deluding ourselves. Absolutely deluding us. So is that a different absolutely. arm,
2: or
4: is that just under the Period Project? What is? So it's um, so the the actual charity is National Homeless Collective. Yes, yeah. And so that's the one that has the ABN and everything. Is that under we that. do that's right. It's a project right. under that. So the period project, uh sleeping bags for homelessness, the school project, the colour space, which is our op shop. So we employ women experiencing homelessness. Um uh so a hundred percent of all of the clothing that we sell becomes somebody's wage, someone is yes. recently been released from prison or someone who is sleeping on the street or has just moved into transitional housing but can't afford furniture, things like that. Yeah. So and the rest of the staff there are all volunteers oh. i'm a volunteer yeah so the only people that get paid are the people who are experiencing hardship yep. and i just want to say i know what people out there listening to this are going to be thinking the first thing in their head is going to be i've got some clothes i can donate <laughs> i'll donate my clothes and i think like, please don't yeah please don't do that i need you to buy them yes. What, yes right what happens is people donate clothes and then they go shop at kmart or yeah. target i need you to shop with us i Quoting donations are fantastic, but only if someone's buying them. Yes, don't so true. Fascinating, of course. So please oh. shop, you know, if you're donating clothes, that's amazing, but please shop with us as well. Yeah. The donations, because people assume other people are buying. And yes. And it's not always the case. People yeah. think, oh, I've donated so someone can buy this, but they don't give a second thought to who that buyer is yeah. when they then go to Target or Kmart or Maya yeah, and buy yeah. their clothes. Like, no, we actually need you to shop with us as well. So <laughs> yes, that makes complete sense. Can- it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It is obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and does your head go straight there? Oh, clothes. I've got clothes to donate. Yeah. Oh, it donate clothes. I, like, I remember yeah. the bushfires,
2: Black Saturday, yep. um, yeah,
5: donating yeah, yeah. things and
2: yep. prams yep. and all, you know, yep. whenever yep. there's a
4: crisis, I'm like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We'll donate things. And then it's like, no, we actually need your business. We need you yes. to come and stay with us. And we need you to, you know, come to our, our cafe, our hotel, our pub, and we need you to spend money there. So I need you to spend money at the Carla Space because. Uh, that money that you spend becomes somebody's wage yes. and I can't yes. pay people no. without you shopping there because yep. we're not funded we're an unfunded charity we get no funding from the government yeah and every cent we get be- is is a donation it's hard for is it yeah. oh yeah yeah absolutely I don't remember the last weekend pre uh, pre-covid that we didn't spend doing a fundraiser barbecue or you know we're we're flipping sausages and we're making burgers and we're selling them to make up the shortfall for the wages for people and we're doing this with all these children and and with with jay and you know so my husband and i haven't spent a weekend together in goodness knows how long i bet you haven't Um, so I'm at the shop and then he's at a barbecue or he's at the shop and I'm at a barbecue or a you know, team. something like that. So what a team. <laughs> it's a teen, but yeah, we're an exhausted team. Yeah, so you people are. can yep. help us out by shopping at the yeah. car. Or we making put, a donation. Put, put, and and put you all can all make of donations yeah. of
3: actual money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want, money. We don't hmm. want your old pajamas. No, you no, want no. money? You want <laughs> yeah. money? Look, maybe yeah, and I, I don't money. ask. We don't mind asking for money. No, we're fine. No, we're it. shameless. So yeah. we'll put all the links in the notes, well, especially and when we
2: know it's going to. You know, we? if
3: all ups that listen to this, so we we we'll probably get between eight and ten thousand listens an episode, and it gets up to like twenty thousand by in a year or so. If you all give a dollar, imagine, imagine.
4: Yeah. So come that on. Would- that would do so much good, honestly. And maybe you know, just right
2: yeah. from the peas or something if they're, yeah, you know. Yeah, so then in, we can know so when you donate it right from the peas and then Donna yeah. can see yeah. how much has come.
3: And see, people and can I'll see cry. now why we wanted you to win. Yes, this is why we wanted you to yeah. win. Yeah, because, because all, and just, it, it actually creates more momentum for your charity yes and you can help more yep. people and we, knew, Man, we you know we were just getting a dinner at government house that's right we, <laughs> we, we don't need it we put our voice out every
2: week yep. sometimes twice a week that's so we right really wanted people this are sick week. of our voice but yeah,
4: yeah. Totally. <laughs> and the- From you ladies has been absolutely amazing. And you know, I'd actually heard of your podcast before um we met through the awards. So um I hadn't listened. Like, you don't have time. No, you don't have time. (laughs) No, you don't. You're totally, (laughs) it's fine. You know what? I probably won't even listen to this one. (laughs) That's the irony of the P Mum. That is the irony. It's I I was on, you know, I was I've been on a couple of podcasts before and and people are like, oh, you know. So, what did you think of the final edit? And like, I'm so sorry,
5: I haven't. Seen <laughs> <the edit."
4: laughs> oh, I'm, that's I'm a really woman sorry. with more important stuff to do. Because, and That's yeah, mine. Like people go, "What you listen to it in your car?" And I'm like, "That's when I have my meetings." Yes, and, like, oh. and also your know, so loud like, music. Yeah, yeah, my loud music, so I can yeah, so I can get through the day. But so how do um, you yeah.
2: look after yourself? What what
4: what do you do? Um, so I am very into meditation. Oh. I'm actually a meditation teacher as oh. well. And um, I found meditation, uh, look, you know, it's funny, I found it about 25 years ago Mm. and it it got me through some very, very difficult times and then I kind of let it go and didn't practice it much anymore. And then probably about five or six years ago I started to get into it again and I just, it's what saved me. It literally is what saved me uh, after taking J to and from school for all of those years I was diagnosed with PTSD from mm. the trauma of all that of course and yep it was it was a nightmare I mean I don't live anywhere near Latrobe. I am like 20, 30 kilometres away yep. from there. And I had to make that trip backwards and forwards every day. And it's funny because my other son, his therapy was in the complete opposite direction. Course, course. course, I go back and pick him up and have to like, you know. <laughs> so basically I'm driving from Melton to Frankston and back every day. Oh, yeah, Donna. Huge, huge. Yeah, it was it was massive. And I was diagnosed with PTSD uh, yeah. after Jay finished. And it was in the January that he was getting ready to go to school. And yep. I remember saying to the um, psychologist, like, why now? He's It's all finished now why why am I falling apart she said it's called post-traumatic stress for a reason yes exactly uh, this is why we go into the war-torn countries after the war is over because that's when the people fall apart she Ah. said for the last four years you've been on survival mode on on, you've been ready to run high alert ready to run now your body can break down now your brain can go oh my goodness what just happened wow and she said that's why you're falling apart I remember at one point going into the kitchen to, this is how bad it was, I remember going into the kitchen to make a sandwich and I forgot how. Mm, and yeah. I stood there and I could not remember the first step to make a sandwich yeah and I'm just like what do I do first I, I don't I know, know. I, I'll get a bread, a plate I know that they're involved in this sandwich making thing but I don't know which one comes first no. and you know if you find yourself in that situation mm. you know, I urge anyone to go and get support yes
3: get help. It, yes
4: it is a, it is the after effect just the product of what you've been through yes. Yes. there is treatment for it Um, so I went into a psychologist and I'm Very pragmatic person. So once I knew what it was, oh, PTSD, okay, I'll go research that. (laughs) I still saw her a few times, figured out how to help myself. Oh, meditation, that's very good for that. I used to do that. And so I started doing meditation uh, quite often and I gained so much from it. That I ended up training and doing my training, becoming a meditation teacher. So we're offering that at the Carla space as well oh. for people. Um, and I know a lot of people out there go, "I tried meditation and I can't do it." That's like saying I tried to run a marathon one day and I couldn't, so therefore I never will be able yes. to. Yeah, um, practice. it's practice. It's practice. First of all, you have to understand what it is that you're doing it's not like, you know, you're not meant to go completely blank and have absolutely nothing there. I mean, you get to that point, that's great. But it's about living in the now, literally this second, what can you do now? Uh, You can't do anything tomorrow. And you can't do anything yesterday, you can only do things now. And that's what got me through. Um, So I make time for meditation. That's how I look after myself. I make sure that I have time to do that. But because i meditate so often uh i said this to someone the other day and they nearly freaked out so i can meditate in the car and they're like oh my god no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no that's not what meditation is it's yes. not about being completely blank it's about shutting off every, you know we live our lives with worry and regret we worry yeah. about the future and we regret the past yes, that's we that's do. true. we yeah. worry about tomorrow we worry about next week we regret yesterday oh I could have made better decisions oh yeah. I shouldn't have said that we never live in the now but literally the now is the only thing we ever have yeah. so meditation is about okay I will not worry about tomorrow I will not regret yesterday what am I doing right now I'm sitting in my car oh where am I going I'm going here what can I see and then all of the other stuff just fades away yeah all of the worry fades away the regret fades away when you learn to do that you realize that worrying about something never helped you no, no it, never never. it never has Never has. Being mindful and cautious. People go, oh, that's silly. You know, I have to worry about walking home alone at night. No, you don't worry about it. You're cautious and you're proactive. Yeah, Yeah, you do something about it. Yeah. yeah, You do something about it. You're not laying in bed at night worrying about walking home tomorrow night. No. You're going to be proactive about it. So It's a lesson um, to us all. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It is. My um, beautiful workboy, Kieran, who has worked with me, well, for six years, he's just finished medicine this year, so I don't think he's going to be working with me anymore. (laughs) No more holidays times with me. But his dad um, actually passed away from a brain tumour four years ago, five years ago, but he taught me meditation. So once he got his brain tumour, he really realised how powerful living in the now was, you know. Um, And um, I haven't done it recently, but I should. Um, But, yeah, it was just beautiful to be in the presence of someone that really had things that we would think about. Well, he really needs to worry You You started saying things like "that's that's a
2: worry for another day." I did. Like I started noticing you talking like that. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I'm not. That's not future Kate.
4: Future Future Kate. She's never
3: let me down. Yeah,
4: never. (laughs) Future (laughs) Kate. I love her. (laughs) Yep. My husband uses that term all the time because that's future Glenn's problem. Yeah, Yeah. you know, future Glenn can worry about that. It is. it, It really is, and you can only make your tomorrow better now. Yeah. What you do now. Will make your tomorrow better you can't make tomorrow better tomorrow yeah. what you do this very moment is what will make your future better yeah. so yes you are thinking about your actions now and how they will affect your future and how you can make a, a smoother pathway for yourself but you can only do it now yeah so worrying about it people go oh that's silly you know you, you've got to plan things absolutely but can only plan them now though can't i yeah i can't plan them tomorrow the planning for for you know the next five years happens literally now yeah so you know that's when you understand that concept you realize how important now is it's freeing it is freeing i found actually
3: having the twins and then everything that came along with them i completely surrendered to motherhood which sounds way more hippie and zen than i am and then i did nothing bothered me i was like oh well that's it this is it oh okay Yep. Yeah, it was oh. sounds really weird, but I remember Mm-mm. thinking, I wish other people could have this. Yep. They could to just me, realize, sounds- oh well, whatever is yep. going to happen today is going to happen, and I didn't worry about me time or getting my nails done or no, it's all gone, and I, I don't know. I found it really weirdly peaceful, even though there was chaos ensuing. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, but that word surrender—that's the optimal word. You you surrender to what is. Yeah, and you, you don't try and control it and you just with the charity you know if I tried to control this this thing's a juggernaut I, yeah. if I tried to control this thing I would be um you know in it like a basket case yeah <laughs> I would I would be in big trouble but yep. I've just gone like okay whatever happens happens I will have to help the people I can help today yeah important things will get done today yep. yes and I will do what I can today yeah and I surrender to what comes. I surrender to what I can do. I don't try and force things. If I'm good at something, I'll do it. If I'm not good at it, I'll delegate it. And, uh, you know, living that surrendered lifestyle really is the key to having a much more peaceful life. You can't control anything. That's crazy. No, you can't. You can't control what the person next to you does at the supermarket or what nope. the car next to you does on the highway. You can only control what you do yep. and surrender to everything else. You know, you go with what you go with the flow. And so, I, I know exactly what you mean, Kate. You know, surrendering to motherhood. You, uh, I just didn't care if people would come over and my house wasn't no. clean or my toilet wasn't clean or whatever. It's like, Well, clean it for me then. You
3: know, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know where the domestic is? It, There's a yes, toilet brush yeah. in there. Go
4: hardest. I feel like exactly. that so yeah. many
5: times. Oh. Yeah,
4: yeah, and, and if they're going to judge me for that, well, they're not really my friends. No, they're um, not. Nice.
5: I, I would
4: surrender them. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Yes>. right. <laughs> go hang out in your own clean house yeah. with your own clean Off toilet, but I won't be there. Yeah. Now, you haven't yeah. said any
2: many F words, but you said at the beginning you wanted to, and you wanted to talk oh, about look. women saying whatever they want to
4: say. So <laughs> look, just say I, this I, to my mum. Look, look exactly, look, Mandy's mum. Was it Matt yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think it's, you know, we live in an era now where we realise that you've got to stop telling women what they can and can't fucking say. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Seriously, there's a warning at the start of this podcast that there will be swearing. People look at me like, but you're a charity lady. You're meant to be all nice and not swear. I swear a lot.
5: Yes.
4: I swear when it's suitable. I don't swear in front of my children. Yep. Um, I they're not allowed to swear to me. I don't swear yes. in front of them. Other yep. houses are different. I don't
5: That's, think right. It. That's right. That's right.
4: You know, I, I don't swear at a job interview. I you know I'm no. there's, there's in place for it. But if you radio come into the house,
5: car- no yeah, swearing. radio interviews, no swearing. No, no. no
4: exactly. Um, but if you come into the Carla space and you spend more than five minutes with me, don't be shocked when I drop F bombs. Yes. No. Um, there are some words that I won't say, but you know, some people say to me, Oh, that's not very ladylike. I'm like, Who are you to judge me for being a lady? Oh, what does a lady do does that mean? These days? I, I do not look look know like. what that means. Ah, oh, exactly. I'm just like, Go away. Yeah, go so, away. You know, if you don't like it, you, you can move. You don't need yeah, to listen to me. You but, really can.
3: Um, after you've given me money.
4: Because
3: I need after, more pads. <laughs> yeah,
4: give me yeah. money so I can help people in yes. business Yep. yeah.
3: And then you won't have to hear me at all. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah. No, no, exactly. And I've had to swear to save myself sometimes. Oh, yeah. life has just been, like, there have been some days, like going back to Jay, yeah. there have been some days that have been impossible. And, yes. and I'm, I mean impossible. Yes. And, this one time, a friend of mine rang me and, um, like, Jay was having a meltdown of mammoth proportions and he was screaming and screaming and screaming because he wanted to feed the cat. Yep. And he's like, I don't feed the cat, I'll feed the cat. And he was just, you know, for like two hours, he'd been screaming. And my friend rang me and she's like, You know, what's going on? I'm like, Oh, Sasha's having a meltdown because he wants to feed the cat. And she goes, Donna, just let him feed the cat. I said, Sasha, I don't have a cat. <laughs>
3: And yes. that is the impossibility. Yes. And when you see your therapist or paediatrician, they'll go, "Just remove any of those things." You're like, "What?
4: I don't have a cat. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a cat." You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to feed the neighbor's cat. Right. We didn't know them. Every time we drove past their house, there's a little black and white cat sitting on the doorstep. You're like, "Feed the cat." Um. I'm like, I can't go knock on your door and say, "Excuse me, could my son please?" <laughs> I would think that I was that's absolutely great. And
3: you'd have to do it every day. Yes,
4: that's right. Oh, if I did it once, it'd be, yeah, we'd have yeah. to do it all the time. And um, so, yeah, he was screaming and screaming. Yeah. And, and and my friend Sasha, she she's amazing. Um, She she knew me and she knew Jay and she's like wondering why, are you know, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, yeah. Why I normally you come up with a solution. like, Sasha, I don't know. No. Yeah, and
3: yeah. I think it's really you important can't, to can't. point out, and Mandy and I um, love our children, would never – say bad things about them, right? Because you wouldn't say bad things about anyone you love. But there's actually realities and truths and sometimes it's impossible. Doesn't mean we want a different yeah. life. Doesn't mean we want our children to be different. But right now, you can say, I just had an impossible day.
4: Yes. And exactly. our impossible
3: it's actually really fucking impossible.
4: <laughs> sometimes sometimes. It is really impossible. We did have a similar situation a few months before where he wanted to feed the fish. We didn't have any fish. So I said to my husband, I rang him at work, I said, don't come home without a fish, without (laughs) fish in a fish bowl. You do not walk through this door without fish in a fish (laughs) bowl. Okay, see you. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Pet Barn, here I come. He didn't have to ask questions, he knew. Right. Yep. So sorry guys, gotta go, gotta get fish. They're like, I understand his work is amazing. But so he left me, went and got fish, came home, with fish in a fish bowl. And, you know, that one we could do. But someone then said to me, Well, why don't you get a cat? And I said, Well, what happens when he asks for a giraffe? And yes. Said, exactly. What happens when it's true iron or something yeah Keep giving it we do have a cat now we did end up getting a cat but that was some years later um <laughs> and you know and he doesn't feed it like no oh, 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 it. No. no one feeds the pets no. <laughs> it's up to me it's up to me to feed the cat oh. but you know the same with um with people telling women what they can and can't say you know that's not very ladylike I I don't like it when people tell me how I should or shouldn't feel about what's happening yeah. our journeys are all individual Our journeys. Uh we have individual children, individual competencies, individual coping mechanisms, yeah, and individual support systems. We have no family here in Victoria, none. Yeah. And like our families have been Western Australia, and New South Wales. We can't even visit them at the moment. No. Um, but we've been here sort of left to deal with this on our own and some days are really, really hard. And people say you know oh but I bet you wouldn't change it for the world yeah I would I would I'd make it easier for my son yes Yes. exactly that's the difference yes for him I would make I would make things not so much a struggle so he didn't have to scream for two hours because he couldn't explain to me what he wanted yes yeah we had the pod books and we had the talking machines and we had the ipads and we had everything he couldn't tell me how he was feeling yeah they'll throw them yeah yeah (laughs) I don't know how many we've broken oh my goodness but it's about um, you, you You haven't walked that person's journey and no. you can't tell people what they should or shouldn't think, feel or say. Everyone's journey is different.
3: And, and don't you feel that the gift of having a life
4: like ours is that that judgment's gone? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It's... You drop all those fucks that you had to give, they're yep. gone. Yeah, all gone. And it's the you, greatest. You, 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 it just, you know, when your child's diagnosed, out the door goes all those fucks you go yep. And you, <laughs> you give no fucks about anything. No. Like, well, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. I will concentrate on this little being that I've been blessed with and yes. who's going to need a little bit of extra support. And you do meet the most incredible people. Oh, so you that, do. That, that is the best that part. It is the oh, best part, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I remember the grieving process when, you know, I knew that Jay had autism and I knew that, but, it still didn't stop me grieving and yeah. um, I remember that and someone said to me, you're going to meet the most amazing people and I'm like, well, I don't yeah, want yeah. to. I don't, I don't want to meet, no, them. I <laughs> want to meet <laughs> them. I don't want to <laughs> meet those people. No, I don't want to. Yeah. Melanie um, yeah, talks book. a lot
3: about that in her book special. I don't know if you've read that. You probably, you You don't have time and you're a long way down the track. But it's an awesome book. But it's an awesome book about new diagnosis and not wanting uh, to be uh, in the club and now she's like, I love the club, but it's yeah. it's oh, just a really organic thing that she went through
4: and yeah. it's, it's yeah, it's lovely. This club has has the most amazing people in it. Oh, it, and it does. We, we, have, we have that shared um, experience of having children with disabilities, but we have that it's not just about the child, it's about the journey yep. that we've taken and you really do get to see how beautiful life is. It's the same like, you know, you're talking about your friend who had the brain tumour and you yeah. look at life differently. Mm. You, you have like, um, I used to call it my vampire eyes. You ever see that movie interview with a vampire when he wakes up as a vampire things look completely different yes, yes. Um, that's how i looked at life the day yes, after jay's diagnosis too. it's like wow the world is different now totally. I look at it so differently yep and i had to adjust to that there yep. was a, a huge adjustment yes. there was a grieving process i don't want anyone to feel they can't grieve that they that they can't not like this yeah some people who are so far ahead of the journey will dismiss it you'll be fine don't worry about it you'll be okay uh, but you don't feel that at the time. Yeah, the you time don't dismiss anyone's feelings. No. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard. But you know, now, like we have, you know, I started this charity because um, I knew that when Jake got older, that there were not going to be many supports for him, and I knew that there are a lot of people on the spectrum on the streets yes. because there wasn't anyone to advocate for them, and I there wanted wasn't to anyone ask to help that. them.
2: What is the What is the
4: percentage of people with disabilities? Yeah. Yeah, there's it, a. Um, I mean, the main cause of homelessness is housing affordability or you know, mm. unaffordability and the percentage of people with disabilities and mental health, I think it's somewhere around like 10 or 15%, which mm. is a lot when you consider you're looking at at least about 120,000 people yeah. at one time experiencing homelessness mm. and that it is a preventative. Yes. Uh, it's a preventive uh, cohort. They don't have to be there, but they've slipped through the cracks mm. and the support services are not there for them and you know that that's massive when i like i had jay when i was 40 and i knew when he was diagnosed with a disability that i was not going to out uh, outlive him yep, yep. um that i had to start thinking about okay what happens when i'm not here mm, yep. who will look after him yes. and i was appalled at what was out there the yep, services yep. and and i thought i can focus on helping my son just yep. him or i can focus on changing the system yeah. that will help everybody yep. now jay's got four older brothers and they can help look after him when I'm gone. But those people on the street, they don't have anybody. No. So I felt like I can use my advocacy and my support to help many, many more people and still help Jay along the way. Yes, of course. Sort of bring Um, everyone else in.
3: A question that I wanted to ask, this may be true or not true. So I have a brother who um, has had addiction for his whole adult life and has been in and out of jail and I know that you can't go on parole unless you've got a fixed address, but he never has a fixed address when he goes in, so then he can't ever get out. You know, they're like, everyone's let out early. Well, he can't ever get let out early. And then he's told me, but I don't know if this is true, that you can't get Centrelink support or Job Seeker unless you have a fixed address. So there's this cycle. Is that true or not?
4: It's not true. Okay. Uh, you, can, <laughs> you can receive Centrelink benefits Centrelink. if If you do not have a fixed address, because you can use the support services like launch housing or uh, youth projects and places like that, Salvation Army, you can use them as a mailing address and a lot of people do. However, the mutual obligation to receive those payments is astronomical. So it may be that he can receive the payments uh, if he uses their address. Yep. However, what they require him to do is beyond his capabilities at that time. Yeah. The mutual obligation for new start allowance is, uh, it's beyond what a lot of yeah, people, yeah, especially definitely. experiencing homelessness, can cope with. Homelessness is chaotic. No yes. two days are the same. You don't know what's going to happen to you tomorrow. You might lay awake all night worried that you're going to be um, assaulted and yeah. then in the morning Centrelink says you've got to be here at 8.30 yeah. for an appointment. Yeah. How are you getting there to that appointment? You know how embarrassed are you sitting on that tram when you haven't had a shower for four or five yes. days? Yes, and you know, and you're suffering from depression or PTSD or addiction, and you just—it's an impossible task. Yes, it can, is. Can, like with with mutual obligation, for many people, it's an impossible task for them at that time. Yeah. And um, I think while people are navigating homelessness, that we really should have more um, more stops in place for the. For, for, for supports for people. Yeah. So yeah, it's the it's the barrier. Uh, so what yep. has it meant winning Victorian over the year? Yes. What will that mean for your charity? Well, what it has meant for us is that we finally have the voice that we deserved. Yes. We are the yes. voice for the people who, who didn't have a voice with yep. a face for those who were never seen. And it means that hopefully... Um, people will finally understand what the National Homeless Collective does and how closely one-on-one we work with people. And what sets us apart from other groups is that we take people from the start to finish journey. We don't just help them with one thing. Ah. People don't make appointments with us. So if someone comes to us, uh, so, for example, I got a, a call from an agency yesterday and she said, look, I've got this lady, she um 52 she has nowhere to live we're trying to get her bond and rent but there's nothing available in with real estate agents who are going private but none of the organizations are allowed to um pay for private rent and bonds so Uh. that's where we step in with okay we so we've got a program called sisters in safe housing for women to access timely rent and bond, um, it's loans, so they pay it back over a very, very long time. Yeah. But then we say, okay, does she have furniture? Is there anything in that house for her?
5: Yeah. Uh,
4: does she have food? What are her hobbies? Would she like to, you know, Does she like to do oil painting? We can get her some paints and an easel or something like that. Uh, Is she looking for work? We can help her find work. Uh, Does she have any other appointments? Are there any addictions? Are there any, is there any trauma? Does she need help to get to those appointments? Uh, Does she need someone to check in on her? and make sure that she's okay and that she's getting to her appointments and you know little things like does she have a cheese grater in her house no well let's buy one and a potato peeler let's Mm. make sure she's got everything for a kitchen and an iron does she need clothes it's all of those things what do I need to get up in the morning and go to work yeah and function let's make sure that she has that as well. Or he, like we look after men as well. Um, And we, so the women that we employ at the Carla space, the idea is that they work with us for six to 12 months. We have no start or finish time. So as i said before homelessness is chaotic i can't expect people to start at 10am yeah. they might have had a really bad day or a, or a bad night and the you know when you got to call your employer and say hey look i'm sick uh, i can't come in you're like i hope i sound sick enough i hope yes. you believe like me Even though, you know, you might have the plague, you still feel like like you've got to justify why you're sick or your child's sick. And it's embarrassing. And we put that on to people who are already vulnerable and in a very precarious situation. So when I looked at what the barriers were to employment for people um, experiencing homelessness, I decided I would remove as many as I could. The first one that went with start and finish times. The second one that went was reasons why you're not at work. So, I open the shop at 10. You get here when you can. You get here at midday, you get here at midday. You want to leave at 2, you leave at too. You get paid for while you're here, right. while yep. you work. The incentive is to come in longer because you're going to be paid for the hours that you work. Yeah. But if you need to leave at 2 o'clock, I don't need to know why. No. I don't need to know that you've got an appointment with your probation officer or with your uh, um, alcohol and other drug counsellor no. or with your anger management team or yeah. whatever. Or visitation That's with it. your children or all sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah. There are so many things yeah. that people want to share and they shouldn't have to no they shouldn't have to you know so we removed all those barriers and we're like okay so this is your job this is what you these are some of the duties that's the other thing these are some of the duties that you'll have in the shop is there anything you feel you won't cope with and the first one most people say i just can't serve people i'm terrified of that till i just i just can't do it like that's cool that's fine. We'll teach you that. And now they basically pushed me out of the way. Oh, I've got this one. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll serve this person. And, and, yeah, they're super proud. And, uh, like, in the middle of a pandemic, in oh, the middle of lockdown, one of our bad. ladies got a job. Oh, she, Donna. she got herself a full-time job. Wow. She applied for it herself. She went to the interview herself. She'd been working with us since October last wow. year. Wow. And she hadn't had any employment before. This she'd been in and out of homelessness and addiction and whatnot her entire life. And she she came to work with us. We actually had another project called the Plate Up Project, which encourages people to reignite that passion of food and cooking. So when they do go into a house, they you know they're happy about cooking and yep. um, looking after their nutritional needs. And she came to us then. And then when we opened the Carla space, she started to work with us then. And she her her entire um oh gosh I've lost the word that I'm looking for but self-confidence
5: yeah lifted
4: she felt useful she felt that she actually had something to offer and in the middle of a pandemic we'd we'd had to shut down of course because we were retail and uh she just goes and applies for a job at a I think she's some sort of warehousing I don't want to say too much no 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 Uh, no no. Yep. She applied for this job and she went to the interview herself and she got the job and they said, look, you'll be casual for about, you know, three or four months and then we'll put you on permanent one week and they've just said, oh, you're permanent, you're amazing. Oh, so what she moment. Had permanent full-time work that she got oh, and Donna. because we stayed with her for the yes. journey, it wasn't yes. just a space of like, oh, okay, look, here's this cooking six course. Six-week program, yeah, you go? Six weeks, yeah. and you go. Yeah, off you go. And if you don't come for the first three days or if you miss a day it. you're out yeah. and not letting you back, you know. No, that's no. That's holistic. So, it's perfect. Yeah, it is. And it's acknowledging that there are barriers that yeah. uh, other people just generally don't you know, face no. and no. barriers we don't know about. Barriers we we've never experienced. So, you no. Know, things that, we, that, do that we, we don't know about. No, so, we don't. So, I but got we're so there. quick to judge. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah, this. Oh, you know. people are that. You're like, Whatever? oh, they need to
3: do this. They just need to do that. Oh, you know, it drives me wild.
2: All, all behaviour
4: <laughs> yes. has a fucking meaning. Yep, it does. Yep, it from does. Babies the to thing that people say about yep. people experiencing homes, Why don't they get a job? Uh, Why don't they just get a job? Like, oh, let me tell you the tell you the why's. Yes. Down, give me an hour and I'll tell you the why's. Yeah, yes. Why they can't get a job. Yeah. And understanding, like I, I have not met. A person yet who didn't have some kind of unaddressed trauma. That's where yes. it starts from. It's unaddressed trauma. Yes. Uh, we know through studying addiction and studying behaviour that you know we know with humans they we as a human we need to be needed. That's part of our psyche. That's part of our makeup. If we're yep. not needed, then we fall into a depression, and um you know life is very hard for us. So we have to have a skill. We need to be needed back in the clan days when we were all in tribes and whatnot if you didn't have a purpose you'd be ousted you're bare food yeah. like, you're just you're just holding us up that's it you gotta <laughs> you know your skills are gone that's it you're, you're bare food and we'll just keep moving on and uh, that's why that's that's why scientists think that when you get older you get nicer so like you won't be kicked out <laughs> We've evolved to be nice when we're old. So uh, that we, like, get kicked I don't that know plane. about
3: middle aged and menopausal women. I don't no, think they're nicer. I, think they're yeah,
2: they're yeah. I feel like I'm
3: coming to my rage. <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. exactly. I think they're strong and powerful and they're not putting up with shit anymore. I like I'm
4: coming to my rages. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. I'm in that boat as well. Yeah. And that, that again is that's the whole give no fuck stage. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, that's just like, I don't give a shit what you think about me, what you say about me. No, and and what it's I'm gonna so do. beautiful. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really so beautiful. And <laughs> you, younger women
3: listening, you will get there. Yeah, you'll get there. And if you can get there a couple of years earlier from listening oh, to this, even yes. better. Even better. Do it now. Yeah,
4: Do it now. yeah. Do it now. Honestly, nobody like everybody's worried about what everyone thinks of them. Ugh. But nobody's actually thinking. Of no, that. they're no, not. They're not. <laughs> it's just and really you don't want people in your life that are. No. So yeah. it's a great way of weeding
5: it out. Yeah, we just, could.
2: Not talk to you for hours we but could we probably
3: better
4: wrap we probably it up we better
3: not because people will be like how long is this podcast going on?" not that we ever care
2: but what do you what's your final message that we haven't asked you about or is there something yes. you've missed that you would like the p world to know
5: oh
4: my goodness i think i've spoken so much i probably have said everything but look if i could give the charity a plug please yes. go to uh, go to our uh our website and facebook page and um, just support us. We need you. We can't do this without that you were a charity for the people by the people yep. and um, you know I I have we, we do oh yeah if you're a corporate or if you yes. work um, you know for a group we can do talks about homelessness we call them Homeless Awareness Sessions yep. ah. so if you want to know more about homelessness if you want to know more about how to support people we can come into your workplace or go via Zoom because of COVID and do Homeless Awareness Talks there's a very small fee that goes to the charity but you will learn a lot more about homelessness and how to support people and we will myth bust and it's a very safe place to ask questions ah, as well and excellent and, and, and you get just did a high school did you A secondary school did you yeah i yeah. i did two. i did one two days ago i did one on friday i've got another one this friday and i've got a community group tomorrow yeah so, so
1: there's
3: Yep. Um, and what I wanted to say, cause some people say, where are the show notes? So when you click on the episode and you're listening, just scroll down or up, whichever way it goes, and it'll all be there. It's underneath the show. We
2: might, might do a little video of how to yes, find it. And then because we'll it's it all there
3: and Aka spends ages typing them up and everything will be in there magically and just be able to click. It's linked, yeah. hyperlinked. You just click on it and off you go.
2: Yeah. So we will be cheering you on on the 25th of January. There's some we remarkable will. people. There are. Go Victoria.
3: Yeah. Come on. Thank, yep. you. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. We can't a wait to see a God. photo of you with your shiny statue
4: and a beautiful dress because yes. we got gypped
3: from all of that. Wow. <laughs>
4: Let's hope that, you know, I tell you what, that's, I'm going to push that we still get our, our awards tonight. We absolutely deserve it. We have you to have really, it. You
3: really, really yep. do. And every person listening is going to understand why you deserve it. So, yeah. Yep. We, we, well, we deserve, I did we get our certificates in the mail. We did. So, yes.
2: From the post office because I wasn't the... home. <laughs> so they had to take it back. So I had to go and get it. And I was like, oh, I think it's sort of like a big A4 thing. <laughs> so,
3: anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's been so lovely <laughs> talking to one. you. We will catch up in real life. Yeah. Yes. one day absolutely
2: and thank you, thank for being you so, so generous. much for having me oh, thank, thank you. you thank you thank awesome.
3: you thanks for having me <laughs> keep doing amazing work
2: <laughs> yes, Donna. we love you keep
3: doing it
5: thanks guys okay all right.
3: see you bye oh how great's donna oh can you see why we wanted her to win peace i oh, know she's see. Awesome. she is everything the yep. whole package and yep. i know that you're all going to support her and i just hope the government just a nice ceremony for her because yeah. she really deserves it and Victoria's been through enough this year without having Yeah,
2: the collective trauma and yeah. then our Zoom
3: was a disaster. A disaster and all the other states have had beautiful they nights have. with governors we and d- premiers and we didn't get anything. She deserved
2: that moment. She, she did deserve to have that a moment. And get her well, I wanted thing her to be on over. the front of the age I know, and the me too. Channel 7 and, and Channel 9. i going to call out that it was disgusting
3: that there was no There was no real media, media for coverage her after that and other people had media and I just think she needs the media. She does because she needs the money for the charity. She so, does. You know, we're not a very big media, but we'll give it to her. Yeah, that's right. Um all right. Because so what made you cry? First of all, I'm gonna say I didn't have a particularly cry week. I know everyone was crying about um Joe Biden winning. Um Yeah, <laughs> it was a big week. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that I, I didn't cry about it. I had you know, been to a Zoom funeral and other things and I've cried about things like that. But I I wouldn't say that I had a particularly crying week. Yeah, I was a bit flat.
2: Yeah. Um, I had a bit of a tear in my eye watching um, a young man called Chris Nickick who was the first person with Down syndrome to finish an Ironman. Oh, yes, right. I watched that. Yep. So, my husband's done four Ironmans. This is Ironman triathlons. Oh. And I showed him, and he was like, man, what time did he do? And like, yeah. so awesome. Uh, and we've been to Hawaii. Darren did the Hawaiian Ironman in 2002, I think. Yep. Um, so, they always pride themselves on including people. Of yep. That's okay, right. Cool. So anyway, the thing that made me teary was his Instagram. I started following him and his mum was too sick to come to the race. So they just had this big cuddle together.
5: Uh, and I just thought I
2: recognised that cuddle. Yes. You know, Oh, uh, just what am I. He did it in 16 hours and 42. You have to do it by 17 hours. Oh so he did it. Oh, she did oh, it. Oh, so that was my moment. Yep. Yeah.
3: Good. Okay. So my make a difference this week was. On Sunday, I went out the front and there were 18 donuts, <laughs> 18 donuts <laughs> Amazing <laughs> from Daniel's Donuts. If you don't live in Melbourne, I don't know if Daniel's Donuts, I know they're from they New was, Zealand. Oh, they're um, in Springvale. They're Yes, but anyway, you but can get them delivered yeah. all across Melbourne and they're so yummy. And I just thought, who are these from? There's no note. I'm asking everybody, nobody, nothing. You know, because I can't just text everyone I know and go, did you give me donuts?" <laughs> and then my beautiful friend Mandy, who listens to the podcast, who is the vet, um, she sent them because she was like, I just thought you've done so many amazing things this Aww. year. You've written a book, you've homeschooled, you've done the podcast and you're just helping so many people so I thought I'd send you some doughnuts. So you. Yeah, great that name. was my big difference. Your yeah, great name. Mine
2: was I just sort of even yesterday I had half a morning to myself. Oh. Like, Stop I, it. I just haven't had I know any time to just pop into here and pop into there.
3: No. Well we haven't been able to pop in. We haven't. And we've had children with us the whole time. I just And now and then we're trying to save businesses. So it's <sighs> it's a un Good. I'm glad you've had a little bit of a moment. I have
2: just a bit. It wasn't even doing... I can't even tell you what I did, but I just felt elated that I could just Didn't sort of... Didn't have
3: something a huge list. Yeah, mm. and
2: my work sort of calmed down this week, so I had a bit of breathing space. Yes, yeah, good. So that's it. That's as boring as it is.
3: No, no, that's awesome. Make a difference. Um, And my laugh this week is that... The Who Gives a Crap toilet paper have a special Christmas range, which you can now order. I put it on our um, Instagram. I paid for it. This is not a sponsored post. And it's all alphabet, so you can make it say whatever you (laughs) want. And the sound engineer and I laid them all out on my bed and we were, like, making terrible words that you do not – Mandy's mum does not want (laughs) to hear. (laughs) But I have got them – Above my toilet that says "shit" and it just makes me laugh. Oh, that's so and clever! They're I clever. saw someone else did um, something like um, "don't we" on the floor, or oh, you know, there's all so funny good. things. So I can't tell you how much joy and how much laughter it's it's brought me. So if you're you need some really pathetic humor, <laughs>
5: <then go laughs> toilet by. humor, literally,
3: toilet, literally, toilet humor. Get the who gives a crap. It helps other people. Yes, it does. And also, you get and then. It was Sound Engineer's birthday, so I unwrapped one and I wrapped his present up in it. I've uh, <laughs> got initials and stuff go. on them. Perfect. Yeah, so there you go. Perfect. I um
2: laughed this morning and it's it might sound a bit funny, so I don't want it to sound unpc. PC. But Molly was in the car and I said, Oh, you've you know, you've got school tomorrow. And she said, I don't want to go. And I said, oh, "Why?" And she said, "Because it's a minute silence. Because it's Remembrance Day. <laughs> it's today. Remembrance
3: Day, which is a beautiful day in Australia. We celebrate the end of World yeah, War One." So I, I don't want to
2: offend anybody. No, but no, no. She said, "I have to. I have to go to school, and I have to put poppies on the ground for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ten
3: minutes." <laughs> and I think she it's very doing, hard to explain it's very the concept. Hard to understand? And of course, they want it. it- you know, they want to and understand. And she's it. in a public school. They celebrate these. Yes, things. of course. So my kids will have done that today. Yes, too.
2: but it was just funny the way she, she. It was just like, I don't understand why I have to put poppies <laughs> on the ground for 10 minutes. They must lay wreaths. Yes. That's what she means.
3: And I think our school last year, every child got an individual poppy yes. and they put them all along so this dry she... creek bed. it was
2: beautiful. <laughs> so she was just, it did make me laugh. So I, I hope know. I haven't offended anyone. No, but I no think because it was, more we love Remembrance Day. She just days, just, doesn't
3: understand. No, why am I doing this? It's true. <laughs> it's sort of very abstract. And I think isn't it's, it? it's those moments that catch you off guard, and yes. you're like, wow, this is funny. <laughs> oh, you didn't want to know. Now we'll explain it all, but yeah.
2: Yeah, so I have to put poppies on the ground for 10 minutes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're rushing through because we know that we've given you, as normal, a ridiculously long episode, but Donna had so much to say, and we wanted her to keep talking Thank to Thank you honest. for
2: helping me get to 2,000 um, stars yes. on iTunes. Yes. Keep rating, reviewing, I, I read them. I think that's time. only in Australia. Oh. Yes, because yes, I, I think Kirstie and Amy told me there's an international yes, way we have to look at.
3: Because I love Shagged Married Annoyed, which is the funniest podcast out of England, also with ACAST, And um, the, I went on theirs and they had like 450 reviews. Bif- and ah. I thought, that's not right. Oh, so they're Australian. Because reviews. then they were talking about all their 20,000 reviews oh. or whatever. So we just see the ones from our country. So that's just. Two thousand of you Aussie peas oh, that have done it. Well, so thank you. I'm there's sorry probably if we more, them. and we don't know where they are or how to find them. Anyway, but anyway, thank you. Remember, um,
2: there's some um, Christmas merch, um, and also the Eat Sleep Therapy repeat bags are back. back in the store. They're So back, if you people. want them, buy them for your therapists for Christmas. Yes, they're in there. Um, yes. Thank you to the supporters. Thank
3: you, thank you, thank you. We're getting close to telling you. We're getting close you. to telling you. It's super close. <laughs> I know we hate so, vague
2: booking, but yeah, we have to we make sure we're just dotting
3: book. our I's and crossing our that's T's. That's right, and
2: that's really hard for me because I'm someone who just
3: likes to get things done it is. quickly. It is hard and for Mandy. This... By the time it comes out, she'll be like, I don't care about I anymore. <laughs> I, can't, I,
2: can't, I move on from things really quickly. It's my impulsivity. I've got it, all right?
5: Okay. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. See CTS. you next week. CTS. Bye. Bye.